everybody. Welcome back to the FearCast. This is the podcast dedicated to OCD, anxiety, anxiety spectrum disorders, and getting your life back. My name is Kevin Foss. I'm a licensed clinician specializing in the treatment of OCD and anxiety disorders. Thank you all so much for joining me. This is a question and answer based podcast where you get to send me questions and uh, I will read them, consider them, and likely put them up on a future episode. So you can go over to fearcastpodcast.com and you can submit a question by clicking on the submit a question link over there. So um, today is going to be a question and answer episode. So I have a couple of questions that we're going to try to zip through here. I hope everybody's doing well. I don't know about you, but uh, I'm gearing up for the Denver IOCDF conference. That's the International OCD Foundation's uh, national conference, and that's going to be in Denver this year. So it's going to be the first conference in person in quite some time. So it's going to be exciting. I'm presenting at a couple of talks. If you're going to be there, it's exciting. Come over and find me, say hi, um, fist bump, high five, shake hands. Don't spit at me. I suppose that should go without saying, but either way, come by and say hi. I'd be delighted to uh, see who's out there. So um, without too much uh, uh, yammering on, why don't we get on into the questions? So this first question comes from Trent. Trent says, I don't know if you can help me. Well, it's a, off to a strong, confident start, Trent. So thanks so much for your vote of confidence. Uh, it goes on to say, um, I've been afraid that I was gay since high school. I also had the urge to confess everything I have ever done wrong uh, once I was on a trip with my family. Um, I also had multiple relationships that I broke off because I wasn't sure if I f- how I felt anymore. I married an amazing woman uh, that I've never had any doubts with, and then we moved after college. I suddenly had this thought, what if I don't miss her when she's gone? I thought, what if I don't miss her and then that means I don't love her? This sent me into a whirlwind of, a- of anguish and depression. Then it morphed into a thought, oh, I just don't love her. Uh, here, I, here I was in a great relationship with a wonderful woman, and then my lo- uh, love for her was taken from me in an instant. For four years, I've been terrified that I've fallen out of love with her, and I'm worried I'm running, uh, or I, and I'm worried I'm ruining her life and just not accepting the truth that I really did fall out of love with her. I prayed about this. I've spoken with five therapists, and every therapist told me it sounds like I have OCD. But what if they're wrong? says the person who's been diagnosed with OCD by five different people. Just saying. Um, It goes on to say, I'm also afraid that I fell out of love with my wife. Or I'm so afraid that I've fallen out of love with my wife. Uh, I I don't want to fall out of love with her. Please help. He goes on to say, "Uh, I've seen a therapist who has told me that love is a choice, and that is something that has been, and that has helped me. Last night, my wife told me that she believes that love is not a choice, and that if I don't love her, then I should just leave. This has sent me into a tailspin. I don't want to fall out of love with her. I don't want to have fallen out of love with her. I want to love her and have a marriage that thrives, full of love from uh, from me to her. Please help. I'm also worried this isn't OCD. Sorry, this is so long. Uh, I wanted you to have all the information. I was worried uh, about not giving you all the information and potentially misrepresenting myself. So, Trent, I'm so sorry you're having to go through this. It can be a huge struggle when you start getting into 
that rumination, start getting into the evaluation and questioning. It just, as you said, it sends you into this, this tailspin. And as you and I know, there's no end to that tailspin. There's nothing that's likely. I'm just going to say there's nothing that's going to give you that lasting sense of confidence, of security, of peace that you're that you're wanting because OCD isn't looking for that. It's looking to keep you in the cycle or it's looking for something that is impossible to find. Impossible to find this forever feeling. What forever feeling have you and I ever had? We don't get them. We get this feeling and that feeling and then no feelings and then two of those feelings and then that first feeling again. We get a whole bunch of things all the time. They're going to be here and they're going to be there. So so to go through some of the, the elements of your question. So I, I, I think there, there, there are a couple of parts that really jumped out to me in this question. Um, the um, I mean, First off, the question of OCD. Yes, that is an extremely common symptom of OCD. Tons of people have this secondary obsession of, you know, they've got their OCD and then they've got this question, oh my gosh, well, what if I'm not OCD? Which I get. It's really just feeding back into that first fear. If I don't have OCD, then, then my first fear is true, right? But, oh, good. If I decide or if I come to the full understanding and confidence that it is, in fact, OCD, oh, good good, then that first fear is wrong, that I'm safe, right? Right. But the problem is that that leads you back into this tailspin again, because now you're questioning, well, what is OCD? Now you're researching more about what OCD is, and you're going to find symptoms that sound like you, and then some symptoms that don't sound like you. It's this big murky mess. Ultimately, one of the biggest issues that you're having here is rumination, is checking. It's this compulsive mental process of evaluating questioning, probably reviewing past events, probably changing things, maybe comparing yourself to previous or other people's relationships. There can be a lot of things that are happening. Oh man, I'm willing to bet there's going to be comparison about how you felt before. Did you feel the same way then? How do you feel now? Is it still good? And comparing it to this invisible benchmark that no one has a finger on. No one knows what that full love feeling is. It's this, this kind of fluctuating, murky mess that we're all in. And I say that we're all in. Not just you, but everybody. So, your, your wife may be this weird anomaly, but we'll get to her. So, the, the two things that you, you mentioned that I thought was really interesting. You said, oh, no, what if I, 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 I'm, I I'm worried. Um, oh, I'm so afraid I fell out of love with my wife. And then you say, but I don't want to fall out of love with my wife. Right? So, uh, or, and, or you say that I, I fell out of love with her, but I don't want to eventually fall out of love with her, but then wondering if you currently have fallen out of love with her. E- either way, there, there's, there's all this question about the, the, the love that you have. Is it there? Is it not there? Will it be there in the future? So first off, to the, the, the feelings about the future, we need to catch ourselves evaluating what we're going to feel. If that ever happens to you and anybody else out there, if you're questioning what you're going to feel, that's a giant red flag. That's your OCD. Back away. Just, just back back away. It's only going to get you into trouble to try to figure out what you're going to feel. Because if you could figure that out, that means you're psychic. And that means that you can predict the future. If that's the case, I would like to know the lottery ticket numbers. Thank you. But if, if all you can do is predict the feelings that you have, I mean, I guess that's a minor superpower. It's a minor superpower. It's not my favorite. I don't think it's the best. But if that's the one that you have, mazel tov. 
But the reality is, Trent, you, can't, you could never predict how you're going to feel. Meaning, you don't know if you're going to fall out of love with your wife. You don't know if you're going to increase in your love for your wife. You don't know if the love is going to stay the same. What you are likely going to experience is this fluctuation because that's what you have felt. And if you think about the experiences of other people, I bet if you were to ask them, that has been their experience as well, is this fluctuating up and down. You'll sometimes hear evidence of people, or, or sometimes your brain will use evidence of other people's stories, that they were in their marriage for X amount of years and then their love fell off a cliff. Or you'll hear other stories that you compare yourself against. I was in my relationship with my wife, or I'm in the relationship with my wife, and every year we just feel more and more in love with each other. Yay! Yay. Good for them. But which one is your brain going to likely focus on? I'm willing to bet the first one. And it's going to pull you into this trap to assume that that's what's going to happen. Pull yourself back and remind yourself that all you know is what, you're in, what, what you have in this moment. This feeling. This is what you have for your wife and for everybody else and everyone else for right now. So you said, I, well, I don't want to have fallen out of love with her. So the assumption is, is that it's already happened. So you don't have love for her. Well, if I were to ask you, do you love your wife? And, not, and the answer is yes or no. Do you or don't you? Yes or no. Not, oh, it's so hard to answer. Not, well, I mean, it, it, it's yes or no. Now, I'm going to add a caveat to that here in just a minute. But the reason I ask that hard yes or no is that OCD wants to pull you into this all or nothing mentality. And this, this, or meaning this, like, I, I totally love this person or I don't. And that's often not the way that things work. That's not how feelings work in general. Now, I'll ask this. So one of the th my favorite things that I'll ask my client, uh, clients about feelings is this, is that, you know, Trent, and this, this only works if you actually love your mom, but I'll say, hey, Trent, do you love your mom? Very often people will say, well, yeah, I love my mom. Generally speaking, people love their moms. Anyways, so then I'll say, all right, have you ever been mad at your mom? I say, well, yeah, of course I have. All right. So during those moments that you were mad at your mom, did you feel those overwhelming lovey-dovey feelings towards her? Or were you feeling anger and annoyance and frustration? And, and, and maybe you wanted to withdraw from her. You didn't want to be around her. You felt disgust. I'll say, yeah, that. So you didn't have lovey-dovey feelings? No. Right. So in that moment, if I were to say, Trent, do you love your mom? Even though you feel mad, do you love your mom? You'd probably still say yes. What that illustrates is love is more than just that feeling that you have. Love is a lot of things. Love can be that feeling and it informs other things. But it also is the memory of her. It is the, it is the experiences that you're working toward it is, or that you have had and that you're building. It is the dream and the goals that you two are working towards. It is the trust that you have for one another. It is the way that you support one another. There's a lot of things that go into loving somebody well above just the feeling but your OCD wants you to really focus on that feeling so to your point then about love is a choice I agree with you you choose to be in that relationship despite that feeling right it's kind of like the, one of my other favorite examples is you know some days you just don't want to go to work and yet you do 
you choose to get your butt in the car and go to work even though you don't want to go you don't want to go you're not feeling that drive to go and that 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 you know sense of duty or whatever or the the overwhelmed feeling that you have to love your job whatever it is it's that you don't want to go you want to stay at home and watch netflix i get it but you go anyways because you know it's important and you drag your butt out of bed. You chose to go, even though it went against your feelings. To a certain degree, I agree with you that love is a choice. And on those days that it's hard to love your spouse or to love your kids or to love your parents or to love whatever, some days you just choose to show up and it, it can be hard. And there are some days that it's super easy to do that too, right? So... To the point that 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 you for for you and your wife, I, I think that the, the discussion that you two could have it well, it may be helpful for you two to actually go work with a, a therapist to talk about what this means for you and where where she's getting this narrative and what she tends to think that love is and what it is not. Um, I, and I, I think she is of this of this mindset of this all or none, right? You either love, meaning you have all the lovey-dovey feelings, and I'm willing to bet if you asked her that mom question, she'd probably agree with me and probably agree with you on this, but she's of that mindset. Some of that needs to be softened a little bit, but also the, this other part is you said you, you, you want to have this life with her. You, you want to have this love for her. I, I think that that illustrates love being there and that, and that may be reassuring and I'm, I'm open to that as being reassuring but I, I, that's what I'm kind of hearing in there is that, that you, you want this and I think that it's there I think that you're having that wavering feeling in your subject or your, your victim rather to that all or nothing mindset so what I'd challenge you to do is to is instead of going into that questioning, trust yourself that it is there and that OCD and the five therapists that you spoke with are actually right, that perhaps OCD is actually at play. And it's pulling you into this rumination of this fantasy about all the other times that you, uh, you know, don't feel that lovey-dovey feeling or that you've compared and whatever it is that... but that you're outside of this moment and know that you have that cycle that sometimes you go into love and sometimes you fall out of love and you go into love and that's kind of what we do so resist that rumination trust that trust that feeling that it is there and take steps towards your wife take steps towards the relationship and building into that even when it's hard and it doesn't feel right say that you love her oh that's an exposure it doesn't feel right right say it anyways though it feels like you want to pull away because you don't feel that you're there lean into it do nice things say nice things give her a massage go out on a date do things for her that she really appreciates that will help center you within the relationship, build in your, your relationship and the goals that you two have previously set. And you're going to ignore that voice that says you need to figure this out before you move on. And again, it, it could be worth meeting with another therapist with her you could be an ocd therapist as well to talk with your wife and that therapist and kind of process through her understanding of what love is and to see if you can kind of come to a more reasonable understanding so trent i hope that was helpful i know it can be a, a huge struggle and, and, and pain to get through it but man keep keep pushing through so i, I want to switch over to the next question it's similar, but uh, there's going to be a theme so far. So this next question comes from Lake Guy 23 So I'll mention this here. So if you do send in a question, 
I, I do ask for your name and your email address just because if some something is a little off in the email, I may need to contact you. I've never had to do that in the years that I've been doing this, but it's there just in case. But what I have there is is a, a section that says, what name would you like me to read? And I'll read that, unless it's super duper inappropriate. I think that's only happened like once, maybe twice in the four years I've been doing this. So, so Light Guy 23, here you are. I'm reading the name. So anyways, Light Guy says, um, I am pretty positive I have ROCD. Great. We're going to go with that. Um, it seems like every time I get, uh, I get six months or so into a relationship, I start having these thoughts. I don't love them. I, I might like someone else more. And it really disturbs me. I was with a girl that I really didn't, or wait, I was with a girl that I really did care. This is written very oddly, and I should have edited this in advance. Um, I was with a girl that I really did care about me. I'm assuming that means that you cared about them and they cared about you. Anyways, moving on. Um, I was having these thoughts and I felt, I felt like S um, for a month or so. She asked, uh, uh, she asked how it was going, and the guilt was eating me away, and I finally told her. Um, I've I was uh, I, I, I'd been having doubts if I love them. A few days later, she texted me and, and finally told me that she was, or it, she, uh, texted, she texted me a few days later and said that she had been sad and anxious for a few days after I told her that. Um, it, is, it is one thing if I'm anxious, but now the fact that I've made her feel bad too, I feel like the best thing to do is to break up. Did I do the right thing? Am I, or I'm finally going to therapy this month for it. Great. Uh, and, uh, and I'm scared about this, that I'm going to, that this is going to happen in every relationship I am in if I don't get this figured out. Like, guy, I'm so glad you're getting into therapy. Here's why. You're going to start to be able to see those patterns, see those things that, that happen with you. If you know after six months you're going to get those thoughts, great. Then it's not going to be a surprise when they're there. So when they do show up in your next relationship, and hopefully it is going to be a good and positive relationship, and I, I, I doubt you'd be in a, a horrible, awful, abusive relationship, but... I, I trust that you'll find a good relationship. You get into it in about six months. You're going to get that feeling to go, yeah, it's about that time. And by the way, that feeling, I wonder if what you're experiencing is the dropping off of oxytocin within a relationship, which is a typical thing. Oxytocin is, is the feeling of lovey-doveyness. It is that feeling that we get at the very beginning of a relationship that makes us feel so excited to talk to them. It's a, it, Women after they give birth, are flooded with oxytocin. It helps the bonding between the child and the mom. Um, after orgasm, your body is often flooded with oxytocin uh, to be uh, to be bonding with this person that you're with. So that fe that that chemical or that, uh, that that is in your system for a while, and then after like three to six months, that 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 chemical tends to drop off in your system. Your body doesn't produce it as much. I wonder if that might be a culprit here. But either way, it's that that feeling is going to go away. We don't just keep feeling it. And then you know that you're going to get this thought. You're going to expect it this time. 
and you're going to resist getting into the rumination about the tie between that feeling and the truthfulness or the stability of the relationship that you're in. Instead, you're going to go, well, what are the other markers within this relationship? Do I like this person? Do we get along pretty well? Do we have fun together? Do we have similar goals? Do we have similar passions? How do we fight? How do we travel? Do we resolve conflict pretty well? All of these things play into whether or not a relationship is going to be successful. It's not just one thing. Now, everything I just mentioned can absolutely become rumination. So, there's going to be this balance there of, a, of looking at some of those elements, but also recognizing that you're never going to have it perfect. Um, I, I, I love what it said. Um, Dan Savage says this. He's a, a writer and podcaster. He says, there, you know, there is no one. There's a lot of you know, 0.65s or 0.72s that you just round up. They're not perfect, but you take what's really good and you round that person up to being the one. And that's kind of what we do. We, and we could love a lot about them, but man, you know, you got this much that's really good and you got this little much on top that kind of sucks. Everyone has that little bit. I've got that. I ain't perfect. And what we do is we acknowledge that that's there. And as Dan Savage says, that's the price of admission to that person. How do we deal with that? How do we communicate that? How do we work with it? How do we love them despite that? Don't buy into that nonsense of you have to love someone because of their flaws or you have to love their fl flaws. Their flaws are annoying. That's why they're called flaws. All right. I'm getting off on a tangent here, I suppose, but um, the, these uh, platitudes bug me. Um, anyways, they can be annoying and we can overlook them and continue to push into this relationship as best we possibly can. So you said that you have these, th th these doubts about them. Okay. You can acknowledge those doubts. It, it can be helpful. And, and I, I wonder what this the, the fear might be with this i wonder if it's related to not you know just being unhappy destroying this person's life maybe you don't feel that you're the person who truly knows what they want and maybe that's one of your fears maybe the core fear is something related to that you're that, that again that you're never that you are the type of person that is never going to be happy or that you make decisions that don't lead you to happiness i don't know that maybe some stuff to talk about with your therapist as you're working through these things but but I think the most important thing that I'm gathering from this email thus far is know your patterns as, as to did you do the right thing? Late guy, I don't know. You did, you did the thing. You did that thing. Okay. We don't know if you're ever, if you're going to get back into that relationship again. We don't know if that relationship is done now forever. We don't know. All we know is you're in this, this moment, wherever you are in life right now, and you're going to make one more decision that's going to move you one step forward. And then you're going to make another one. You're going to make that step forward. We don't know. It's to, to go back and read the uh, the road less traveled, the or the the two roads diverged in a yellow wood book, I, or the the excuse me the poem. I forget the name of it. All of a sudden, the Robert Frost poem. Read that one. That's what it's describing. It he doesn't know if he's going to go down this path and it's going to go into left field and he's never going to come back to the first the other path. He doesn't know if that first path he goes on is just going to curve around and he's going to end up on the other path eventually anyways. But either way, he's at this fork in the road and he's got to make a choice into which direction he's going to go. Staying at the fork in the road doesn't help. We round up, we look at our options, and we round up and we make a choice and we go and we see what happens and I hope it works out. And if not, there's going to be another choice. 
I promise you there will always be more choices. So did you do the right thing? I don't know, and I don't want you to consider it. I, I want you to just keep moving forward and making choices, and they'll eventually lead you forward. So, Light Guy, I hope that was helpful, and I appreciate that question. So I'm going to get on to this last one real quick. So this last one comes from Rose. Rose says, Hi, Kevin. You answered my question, or answered a question, about POCD. That's pedophile OCD for the uninitiated. Uh, this is uh, about POCD I asked a while back, and it was incredibly helpful. My POCD has switched up and has taken an angle of obsessing about knowing exactly why it's wrong to be a pedophile. And she says, I know it is. And I don't want to be one, but mm, now you're getting into questioning yourself, Rose. Now you're getting into that fantasy of rejecting what you already know about yourself, this grounding that you already have. Now you're going, all right, I know all this stuff, but what if? And you start going off into this stuff that has nothing to do with the here and now, nothing to do with your experiences, what you've seen about yourself, your patterns, your thoughts, your morals, your values, and you're going off into fantasy land. All right, that. Aside from that, let's get back. But I find myself doubting my beliefs and if I truly find it wrong. They go on to say, um, I get caught in a loop of listing reasons and then doubting myself over and over again and I feel so stuck. I miss feeling sure of who I am without all this doubt. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, you bring such a good perspective. Rose, thank you so much for that and um, I I'm glad that that first question was helpful. And to everybody else, you can send in a follow-up question. If I answered your question or if you want to add something, send it in. Rose is not the first person I've answered two questions from. Anyhow, so Rose, you, you've heard my bit then on you questioning yourself. Practice, re reflect back on that which you do know and trust that maybe that's true, which means when there's that invitation to go into fantasy and the what if and the doubting yourself again, that's where you acknowledge that pull and you call it out for what it is. That's OCD. That's unhelpful. I know where that path goes and it just goes into a circle and it goes nowhere because I've already answered that question a thousand times. ACT has this example where it talks about uh, what your favorite movie is. So, you know, let's say it's Star Wars, all right? Who are, you know, you've seen Star Wars a billion times. Actually, no, that's a bad example because Star Wars, they keep messing it up. All right, let's do Airplane. If you've never seen Airplane, a movie that would never be made today, which is fantastic and super offensive and also very funny, but also very offensive. Watch it but don't watch it. Either way, um, Airplane, it's always going to be the same. It's always going to be the same. If you've seen it, 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 you plop yourself in the middle of a scene. If you've seen it a billion times, you know the characters, you know what's going to happen, you know what their relationships are, you know what's happening in that scene, you know what happened in the scene before, you know what's going to happen just after. And it always resolves the same way. You don't need to rewatch it to see the end of it. You don't need to rewatch it to know how it's going to end. You've seen it. Rose, you've seen this argument before. Why play through the whole thing again if you know where it's going to end? Instead, call it out. I know where this goes. And I'm going to reflect back on what I resolved to. Typically, your brain will sometimes say, but what if it's different this time? What if, what if you come up with a different evidence? You might or you might not. You probably won't. You haven't. So, resolve back to... Here's what I know. I'm going to trust that. I'm going to act as if it's true. Act as if it's right. And trust myself. You say, I get caught up in a loop of reasons and then doubting my... So that's exactly it. You keep listing reasons. That's your compulsion. Here's exactly why I do it. 
You don't need to list all the reasons why, and in fact, resist the urge to answer all of those. You can even lean into it and lean into the fear part of it and just go, you know what, brain, you caught me. I'm just a super huge pedophile. Yep. You caught me. You chased me down enough. I can't, I can't keep answering this enough. I'm, I, I'm, I am one. You got me. Well, I have to go to work now. I'm going to be a pedophile at work. And hopefully, there's, uh, hopefully there aren't too many children at work today because I'm going to get them. Whatever the thought might be. You can lean into that and have fun with it. Be goofy about it. Be kind of dark about it, too. The other thing is you can simply just say, no thanks. And that sounds very dismissive because it is. When your brain says, hey... Do you want to list the reasons again? Actually, you ought to list the reasons again, because if you don't remember why you're not a pedophile, gosh, you might be a pedophile. You can say, politely decline. Thank you, but no thank you. Have a good day. Um, I've got this other thing. You know what? I, good talk. Um, best of luck with your survey. I'll be over here. All, all those may sound really silly and dismissive, but it is. It acknowledges you have that thought, but acknowledges where it's going to get you and how useless it is to do that. You can acknowledge then, you know, that it's going to feel kind of odd if it's going to feel uncomfortable and uncertain and unhinged to not fully answer it. That's all right. That feeling will always go away. Trust that it will, because it always has. But shifting that focus, shifting that focus back to your life, I, 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 I really do think that it's, it, it, it's fun and it's helpful to lean into it with some silliness. You heard my hyperbolic ridiculousness about maybe there are children at work and you're going to get them, right? Lean into that. Maybe make it worse, right? Make it more graphic. Make it more descriptive. Make it funnier, right? What it does is it plays with this and lightens the mood. It says that this thought, though feels scary, ultimately isn't and doesn't need to be taken seriously. And you don't need to take any of these thoughts seriously, so don't. So, Rose, I hope that was helpful to everybody else out there. I hope these answers have been helpful to you. So, um, we're just going to zip right into the outro here. If you have a question for the podcast, again, go over to fearcastpodcast.com. If you would like to, um, if you would like to send an audio question in that will get sent to the top of the list, uh, just send me, uh, record it into your phone, record it into your uh, computer, send me the audio through, um, through Google Drive, or you can send it to questions at fearcastpodcast.com. Either way, I'll get it. You can also send me uh, your question via audio over at um, Instagram. I'm Fearcast Podcast over at Instagram. Um, one thing I've realized that we haven't really talked about on this podcast is contamination. I don't know why. Well, I don't get a lot of questions about contamination. I'd love to answer some questions about contamination. If you have contamination questions of any stripe, of any style, of any theme, send them in. I'm going to give those priority for a little bit. I want to hear more of those and get some of that into the mix. We have, we talk a lot about POCD and ROCD and HOCD um, and sensory motor OCD. Let's mix it up a little bit. Let's go and do some of that. I'd also love to hear more from harm. OCD, if you have questions about that, I always love hearing scrup scrupulosity or religious and moral um, uh, obsessions. So I just want to try, try to diversify this as much as we can. So if you have questions about those, send them in and I'll try to kick them up to the top of the list. So um, if you uh, need a little bit of extra help, or please remember that the FearCast is not substitute for psychotherapy. If you need a little bit more help with your treatment, go over to fearcastpodcast.com and you can check out uh, the find help link. There's going to be some stuff for you there. Also, Please remember, everybody, until next time, take a risk, challenge yourself, and don't take your brain too seriously. Bye.